I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash spoken today. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what big wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring. At bluenile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hello, I'm Gary Mansfield, and welcome to the Mizog Art Podcast, where each week I'll be speaking to a different artist. Now let's begin by banging these bongos. Hello and welcome to episode number 32 of the Mizogart Podcast. This week I'm taking you into the studio of Miss Livy Kemp, where we'll be talking about her super detailed large-scale drawings. I was also lucky enough to have her accept my invitation onto Face Value 3, where she kindly manipulated the print by Charming Baker. So before I let you into the conversation I had with Livy, I have to talk about the opening of Face Value 3. On Wednesday the 17th of April, I turned up at Jealous just as it opened and found that Louise, Rachel and Amy had already unwrapped all the artworks ready for us to hang. Now, if you're an artist and you've never actually had the pleasure of hanging a show at Jealous, let me tell you this. Jealous take care of absolutely everything. And within just a few hours, everything was hung, labelled and ready to rock and roll. On the following afternoon, we was invited over to Hoxton Radio by Liberty Phelps to appear on our afternoon show to talk about the exhibition. And even though I do this podcast every week, I was still really nervous on Liberty's show. Mainly because in the back of my mind, I'm going, don't swear, don't swear, don't swear. Although Louise was on top form and just rolled like she does it for a living. Just before the show opened, Rowan Newton popped by from the Artproof podcast, as did Geeta Joshi from the Curator Salon podcast, both getting a sneaky little glimpse of what was in store. On the night of the show, Jealous again was bursting at the seams this year. There was round about 20 of the Face Value 3 artists turned up, and it was brilliant for me to sort of introduce them to each other, the ones that they've collaborated with if they didn't already know each other. I'll not be able to remember all of those that turned up, but I know Dr. D had a good old chat with Lee Ainsworth, Connor Brothers, Sarah Maple, Rugman, Heath Kane and 
Alexander Chappelle met up to talk about their collaboration. Um, Sarah Pope was there, Riker, um, Bill Daggs, Geraldine Crimmins, who brought along the guys from Cafe Art. That was brilliant. Shuby, Patrick Hughes and his guys, Justin, Zoe Moss and Kellyanne Davitt, Bob Osborne, Mick McNicholas, Jessica Albarn, um, <laughs> Kate Knight, of course. You punch me in the eye if I forget to mention her. And on top of that, we had artists from Face Value too, being James Gray, Xavier Ellis, Ed Parnell, Libby Phelps from Hox and FM popped over, as well as people I've known for many years, being Becky, Teremy and Taylor Young. And then when Katie Piper turned up very early on in the evening, she hadn't even got a coat off and people were asking for selfies. And about halfway through the evening, Katie got up and gave a speech. Always very heartfelt and, you know, obviously so with the subject matter. Katie also highlighted where the money from this exhibition would be spent. And it did make you realise that you're not just donating an artwork to a charity event. You're doing something that really is making a difference to someone's life. If you want to see the artworks that were featured in Face Value 3, go over to any of my social medias, which is Mizog Art, M-I-Z-O-G-A-R-T. And if you're able to buy an artwork, that'd be amazing. And as I said on last week's podcast, the Katie Piper Foundation is a very small charity. Every penny is spent wisely. They haven't got great big West End headquarters. They haven't got... TV adverts spending I don't know how many thousands per 30 seconds. They haven't got PR firms running around after them. There is just a very small bunch of people trying to change the lives of a lot of others. The Face Value 3 exhibition runs up until the 28th of April at Jealous East. And then on the 1st of May until the 26th of May, it's on at their sister gallery, which is Jealous North at Crouch End. But turning it round and coming back to this podcast, two of the artists involved in their exhibition are Charming Baker and Livy Kemp. If you don't know Livy Kemp's work, it may well be worth your while to press pause and go and have a look. Her large-scale linear drawings are absolutely amazing. So come with me now into the studio of Livy Kemp. So I'm in the studio of Livy Kemp. Good afternoon, Livy. Good afternoon. Now, I've shown you seven questions here. The first question is... I've forgotten. <laughs> how would you explain what you do to someone that doesn't know your work? Um, this is like the terrible, like, stood in a bar question, isn't it? And someone goes, what kind of art do you do? Is it painting? Yeah, well, you don't ever have to explain it, do you? To yeah, yourself. you do. I mean, normally you just get Instagram out. And you're like, yeah, you've got I do this. Yeah, yeah. Um, I always say, like hyper-detailed, surreal, pen, landscape, architectural drawings, and then let them, like, figure that one out. And they are very much that, aren't they? They are, it is just black ink and extremely detailed. The one before us is six foot by three, seven foot by three? Yeah, I have no idea. I haven't measured it yet. I just unroll it on the wall and get going. And what, what genre would you put yourself in, do you think? I don't know. I don't really understand how you can be in a... I don't understand genres. What's, what genre are you... Do you mean like drawing or painting? Or do you mean uh, like uh, what, what landscape? Part or? of... <laughs> would, would, it's, it's, it's way beyond illustrative, isn't it? I mean, sitting on that white background... 
Yeah, but that will be gone. Really brings it. I, it is. It's so, going. It's all going. Everything uh, must so go. So you're working your way across from yeah, yeah. bottom left to top right. It's the human printer approach. Oh, I thought you was leaving that because nope. it's because it's all there and you're working your way across the bottom. I um yeah I thought you was leaving the top. We <laughs> we mentioned earlier about your pens and the amount of pens you get through. There is a miles of linear mark making on here if, if you've done a painting degree how mm. did you end up oh well boxfuls of pens i got into like my second or halfway through my second year of painting and i realized that i wanted to be an artist because i love the work of painters but that i really wasn't a painter yeah. that i like a hard solid permanent line <laughs> and what was your what was your painting technique or style i'm i mean i was like 19, I don't think we need to go into more oh, okay, okay. <laughs> That's not really fair. I thought you meant you slowly graduated. No. Was it, would it have been fine detail? No. I mean, I loved like Rembrandt and Freud. Yeah, so yeah. No. That's mad, isn't it? How you like those, that I was sort 19. of style? Yeah, I mean, I know everyone does, but when if you look at this now, you'd think that you would, you would have liked this sort of thing all the way along. These are imaginary or fictional scenes do you yeah. draw them no before no. or do you make it up as you go along i make it up as I go along that's beautiful so like i finished that boat yesterday and i decided i looked at some images and old drawings and decided on that boat today like that wasn't in my mind yesterday nice so and it's a bit ironic how you're on the river as well yeah did any of them come from real life yeah that one's from Suffolk, where I used to live. I photographed, and I've done an etching of that one before. And this one's from Austria, from a recent holiday. That's Maltese, and I went to Malta last year. And so then, the one, so what we're looking at is um, wooden boats and wrecks of boats sitting on a, a land of shells and rocks and buoys and rope. Is all of that from your mind, all of the wood grain... Yeah, yeah, the, like the the like you know I just end end up spending the day googling like goose barnacles and uh, old plastic bottles, and then I got like a pile of rocks and shells there that I just yeah copying that you just it. use for reference. Yeah. When was your first interest in art? Always. It's always been there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh man, I'm envious of people when they say that because mine wasn't. I just mine just sort of I was going to say come to me. That makes me sound mm. like I'm sort of a uh, yeah. I just sort of found it you know and but yeah I'm quite envious of people who say they've had it all their life I didn't think being an artist was a viable option that's because schools don't really train you no, that way no but I was always gonna do something in that line yeah who was your most influential artist uh I mean I fell in love with Rembrandt and Freud when I was really yeah. young and I like had my that plastered all over my bedroom walls. My nana didn't like to stay in my bedroom because it was all just faces staring at me. <laughs> but I mean, that, those are always like artists I always come back to. I and mean, I suppose even now, like Rembrandt drawings and Freud drawings and like uh, plant drawings and things yeah. are still really interesting to me. But I don't know. There's kind of a wide scope. It's always for different reasons. It's more about like the feeling of it yeah. rather than oh, I need to take that into my work. Were your parents arting? No, my dad uh, has a PhD in electronic engineering and my mum is a teacher. And your gran? My gran uh, worked as a receptionist in a school. So where did it come from? Um, I don't know. <laughs> I really Excellent. don't know. That's even better. <laughs> my mum had five though, so one of them might be creative. <laughs> good odds. <laughs> None of the others? Uh, well, I think a lot of it comes down to like 
like luck like I went to a really good school for art and my yeah. sister was really having a good time doing art there and then we moved schools and then it wasn't so good at was, that, was that up in Suffolk? Uh, she, we moved to Suffolk so I, From... I never really lived there but she did oh, right, yeah. so yeah so I think, it, I think that has an impact I wouldn't say none of my family are creative though they definitely are so I was going to say, when, when did you realise you wanted to be an artist? When I figured that, out that it was viable. Yeah, when, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, I, did, I, did my, did my degree, and then I did my MA, and then I found my MA very Where's disappointing. Where was your degree? That Winchester? Yeah. And then I found my MA very disappointing, and I didn't know what to do next, I started looking at teaching. What was you disappointed with? I can't, I can't follow two threads at once. Sorry, sorry, go. I, I apologise. You asked me how I, I ended up I being an artist. Oh, shut up. Sorry, I apologise. <laughs> and then, so I got to the end of my MA, started applying to be a teacher, didn't want to be a teacher, applied to the Royal Drawing School on a whim, and quit the teaching applications that I'd been accepted onto, and ended up going to the Royal Drawing School, and then was a full-time artist for the minute I graduated there. Oh, wow. Yeah. That's pretty cool. <laughs> pretty lucky. Either way, either either way, they they sort of they both run hand in hand, don't they? Well, my MA was disappointing because it was it was a guinea pig year that I was on, so it was the first year of starting back MA drawing at Wimbledon. They've yeah. now cut the course entirely, so it only lasted like four or five years, I think. And the tutor who taught it wanted to teach set design he didn't want to be there oh wow so he disappeared for like six months and left us high and dry and things like that it just wasn't it was questioning what was it it was like it was it was it was that kind of course where i make works on paper and that's almost boring to them it was i got marked down in my final thing for having for working on paper because that was really mundane and it was all like you know this cupboard is a drawing and this string on the floor oh, is wouldn't a drawing. you just like to contact them now and go <laughs> <laughs> no, because I do think, you know, if someone thinks that cupboard is a drawing, then fine. It's just not why I was there. Yeah. It's just not... I just wanted everyone to rub along, and it didn't really rub along. It was almost like working on paper was... So what was they doing? If it was a... Good. If it was a MA in drawing... Yeah. What were they drawing on that they were saying you shouldn't have been drawing on? I think they just thought my response to... Like, the artist I like and the text I was referencing was too obvious to actually make a work on paper. It's like, oh, you should have made a film, or you should have oh, made wow. some string on the floor, or photographed a shadow or something. Yeah, okay. I can't really change that. No, no. <laughs> what piece that you've created do you hold most dear, and why? Uh, I don't keep things, not purposefully. You don't? No. Okay. Because if I like them then they probably should leave. <laughs> because I'll slowly stop liking them until I hate them. And um, it's not really... I'll love it when I'm working on it, and then I'll finish it and not like it, put it on the wall, think it's okay, say goodbye to it, see it in a couple of years, and it'll be yeah. great. That's just, I don't want... If it hangs around, it, it, I just end up hating it. And my sister works for me, and she does my inventory and stuff, so she would attest to oh, yeah. oh, anything that's been around a few years, it starts getting seriously slacked off. <laughs> and the price, I just want to bring it down, like, do so dramatically. Do you know when it's finished? Is it just finished when you've run out of white? Pretty much, yeah. So, because it looks to me like, if a painter was painting something of this scale, they make it going over certain sections just to sort of add on, but it's just so intricate, You've, you've sort of, it's as if you're doing that as you're spreading out across the paper. Yeah. Yeah, so I don't really go back into things because I'm not, 
they're not meant to look like a particular time or a particular place. So like the 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 light and the tone and stuff isn't a massive concern. No. I don't want it to be like obviously morning or evening or obviously hot weather or. Yeah, and, weather. And, and and even though you've said that, and I didn't even realise that before, that there is no angle that the light is coming from, is there? As such. Not strongly, no. No. I mean, mostly all the shadows are on the left, but I don't always play by that rule. So. And why would that be? Is that because you're right-handed or? The left-handers. <laughs> oh, sorry, that's what I meant. Do you start from the left-hand side and work across? I know this no. one is. Someone this kept is... telling me that I did, and that really irritated me because I don't. This one, I where did I? This one I started here. That was the first thing I put down, so right in the middle at the bottom. And then other ones I started up here, and other ones I started over there, like left and right. So no. So do you have any idea? Because this is a this is if if you were to compose this beforehand, it would probably take as long making the composition as it would. Yeah, and Drawing, then I wouldn't want to do it because no. I'd already done fresh out the idea. So did you did you just start off with with that boat there, knowing which one you wanted? And you wanted that boat, and that it was going to be some sort of boat graveyard, and that was kind of all I had. Because like other ones, I've started and then have to go um, like go abroad and research and yeah. come back and carry on, and so I don't really worry too much. I can always go and find a boat if I run out of ideas. <laughs> like it's fine. Man, I just see that the signpost you've got in there. <laughs> Superb. Trying to think ahead. <laughs> and I suppose that's part of your method. Now you've got another one there where it's tied, tied to a post. I mean, this is no good for anyone yeah. sort of listening. But you've got one that's just sort of podcasting is a very <laughs> visual language. <laughs> yeah, look, look. <laughs> your your drawing is very tight, isn't it? There's, I mean, you've only got a few little parts coming off of the main boats. Mm. How do you know where you're going to go next? Um, I don't, because the nice thing about working that big is that you can move around. Yeah. So if I'm only in studio for a few hours that day, I might just do a small boat at the top because there'll be smaller boats further back. Or if I want to like commit to something big, I might need some foreground something today, then I'll, I'll sit, sit on the floor and work on something. So I don't really have a yeah. plan. So where do you go for inspiration? I think it's the same with um, the thing about artists. It's that thing of um, I don't like open a monk book and go, I'm going to paint like monk today. Yeah, yeah. I don't open a like a Rembrandt book and think I'm going to make a work like Rembrandt today. I just look at things that like make me go, oh yeah, no, I remember why I'm an artist because I love art and I love these works and they'd, but they don't consciously flow into what I'm doing. Can you remember where the idea for this one came from? And I suppose, I, I presume, <laughs> just by looking at, at your work, that sort of gives a reflection of, of sort of how your mind might be working at the time, because you it, it can't, you can't pin anything down in these, can you? you can't no, I mean, hide it's anything like, in like one I was doing recently, it was like, oh, it was a mixture of, I liked the film The Grand Budapest Hotel, and I liked the intro to The Sound of Music, so I'd spent five months drawing castles on mountains. <laughs> That's basically it, like, you know... I, so the last piece I did was very much based on a specific place, but reimagined. Yeah. And then I like to do ones that are so like one one about Malta, one about Bavaria, and then I also like to cut that through with ones that yeah. are much more like an imagined place entirely. Because they are very dreamlike, aren't they? Yeah. So I did one that was just tree houses, and that wasn't based on anywhere specific. And then this one's just boats, and then I did an islands one, and so they're all kind of. A mixture of real places and... Did you reference tree houses before? Or did you just make those up as you... 
sort of went along. That made, uh, I don't think I've, I've done a tree house before. I've done sheds before, sort of similar, but up in a tree. <laughs> and it's, it's endless. It's, it's endless, isn't it, the, from where you're going to go? Yeah, I mean, I'm not even that, that well-travelled, so I've got so many places I want to go and use. And Do you work on more than one at any time? I mean, I work, I'll go away and come back, so I'll take some more works when I go away, or work plan when I'm away and yeah. then come back. But, like, this is always, like, that's, I don't have more than one big project on the go. That's too hard. If there was you and five others, past and present, what would your perfect group show be? Uh, firstly, I would never be organising my own group show. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not an organised human being, and that's not. That's why my Is that sister, what your sister's for? That's what she's for. <laughs> Trust me, you should ask her. Yeah. She spent a good sort of month organising my miscellaneous folder good, on my computer, good. like, and I told her off when she deleted the. It the sounds like of the ferret. I was very attached to. <laughs> it sounds like that miscellaneous folder is a similar yeah. view to, to as, your work. As is all the photos on my phone memory. It's like, I just... Yeah. I mean, there's artists I admire because I love their work, but I just don't... I don't think about other people's work in that context of being like, we, we're similar, let's yeah. chat, yeah. you know? I just enjoy it and then don't overanalyse it. Were you saying beforehand that, that you sort of have more of an affinity with, with writers? Mm. Who... Which writer would that be, do you think? A mixture, a mixture. definitely. A, a nice blend. I have my bookcase here in studio, so that's always helpful when I'm like trying to think of titles or trying to sort of have a quiet day. But I love like Kathleen Jamie and Tim Dee and Robert yeah, yeah. and people who like place themselves in landscape and write about landscape. And general. will you extract your title directly from the book or would no. it just evolve as you're reading? I don't, I don't generally, sometimes I'll use a, a bit of poetry or something, but generally I'm, I write it myself. I like it to sound like part of a, part of a story or like, like it's sort of half a sentence or yeah. something. So it sort of has a sort of ambiguity to it. But sometimes I'll, I'll try and be clever. Like the one I did of Malta is, it was called um, Melita Malef, which was like the two original names for Malta. One was like Roman, one was Phoenician. Yeah. So that, that was kind of like, Almost like putting a stamp on, like trying to like understand where I was drawing mm. and putting that into the title as well as the work. And but that was great because someone came to the private view who was from Malta who didn't know about oh, the story. Super. I went, "Is it Malta?" <laughs> yes. <Ta -da! laughs> Thank you. <clears throat> Give that person a, a prize. Yeah, you get a beer. What would you like to do if you wasn't an artist? Um, I'd probably like run a farm or be a gardener or something. Oh wow, I wasn't expecting that. <laughs> well, I grew up on a farm. So oh, it was. That makes sense to me. <laughs> and what sort of what sort of farming would you like? Do you reckon arable or goats? Goats. <laughs> my aunt, my wife's cousin's got a goat farm oh. in Ireland. Where? Ireland. Oh nice. Harder Castle, it's called. Yeah, yeah. Superb. Well, I had sixteen goats when I was growing up, and they were my herd. So. <laughs> Excellent. What have, you got, what have you got coming up, uh, show-wise, anything? Yeah, so I'm doing a show with James Freeman Gallery in June. Just got the date, I think it's the 13th that opens. So that's what this boat piece is for. And then, obviously, I'm doing a show with you. Talk about that, actually. But uh -huh. what have you got... What have I what, what? No, what you've got coming up at the moment, just what you mentioned there. I mean, you say just, there's a lot of white paper. <laughs> <laughs> I mean... <coughs> <laughs> no, I meant because 
I mean, you've already discovered I interrupt a lot, and <laughs> I, I tend to put handbrakes on conversations. So I was just trying to backtrack for, for if there's anything that you've got coming up that I no. This is this is my main goal at the minute. It's one thing at a time for sure. Face value. I asked you to get involved with face value three at Jealous, mm. um, and gave you a charming Baker print. Mm-hmm. Um, it was half a dozen helicopters. I can't remember the title of it. I don't know who told me the title, so don't look at me. That's good. <laughs> you just sent me a picture. <laughs> um, and how did you find that working on another artist's work? Um, I think it would have been a bigger deal if I was working in a medium that wasn't indelible. <laughs> I think because it's indelible, like the minute you started, yeah. you're like, well, this has got to work, or I've just trashed on the baby's <laughs> work. So. Oh, well. <laughs> So I don't. I didn't really stew on that for very long, to be honest. I think I was about like a split second yeah. of, oh, I've just drawn a bird on this. <laughs> oh well. And that was ideal for, for Charming as well because he's he, he works with birds as well, doesn't he? Um, his his last series was was birds. I've so. seen his duckling drawings, so I figured I couldn't be offending him too much. No, no, <laughs> I don't think you'd offend him anyway. Um, but the experience of working on that was it okay? But working on actually working on, on it on other someone else's work. Well, other than the fact that he'd varnished it and no one yeah. told me. I mean, yeah, that was great. Pen and varnish love each did other. Did you notice? <laughs> did you notice the varnish straight away? Was it when you started to draw on it? Mm, it was when I unrolled it, and it was shiny, and I thought, "Has it got PVA? What is this?" And yeah. then I emailed the guys at Jealous. Oh, I messaged someone at Jealous and was like, "What's happened?" And they said, "Oh, it's varnished." <laughs> great. Oh. That's just wonderful. Well, I, as I say, I didn't even. Didn't even take it out of its out of its home. It just uh, got given to me and then sent to you. Yeah, well, it, it worked out all right. Fortunately, this pen company had sent me these pens, and they seemed to not mind the varnish too much. Although I killed all of them; <laughs> they're all dead now. But they they served yeah. a purpose. It was for a good cause. It was. It was for a good cause. Where can people find you? Um, website. I think, and social people media. mostly use like Instagram and like and your website. That's kind yeah. of. I mean, I have a Twitter. I'm not very good at Twitter. No. Like basically, it's just Instagram light for me. <laughs> yeah, so some people are coming away from websites altogether, aren't they, with Instagram? I think that would be, for me, that would be stupid because I think I've got quite a decent following on Instagram. And then you get into this world, this sort of like murky area where it's like the same thing with models and Instagram models, I think, with artists and Instagram artists. My website is my kind of like landing place where yeah, people go, yeah. oh no, she actually does show and like yeah. is active and isn't just sitting behind a computer screen like posting old work or something like this is she has a studio and she's making work and it's legitimate so I think I would I wouldn't I probably wouldn't think about deleting my website and do, do, do you use Twitter Facebook and Instagram no my Facebook's deactivated I did that a while ago that was very cathartic yeah I can imagine it was just something it turned into something I just checked and didn't even use, so that, that's gone. Yeah, because I'm not good on social media. No, and I just end up like down wormholes with it. It's not safe, so that's gone. And also, like, are you just. I used to scroll down it and just be like, who are these people? <laughs> like that game where like, there's like a group photo and you're like, I know one of the people in this photo, in theory. Um, which one is it? And if you can't find them, then delete. Because <laughs> it's a mess. So, and then Twitter. I was about to delete it, and then Twitter has this thing called like Twitter moments, where they basically tweet things. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And they tweeted me, and then my Twitter just blew up. Wow. This was last year. Maybe and then you've I, just tapped into your brain. I don't know. Thinking it. I got like 
14,000 followers in a day. Shit. Yeah, so I was like, maybe don't delete Twitter yet. I got a notification that said, um, you're getting a lot of notifications. Do you want to quite like mute them or something? Because it was just mad. And I didn't and know they were going to do it. They tweeted me. Yeah. Wow. So they tweeted like a se selection of drawings and some like tagline like really detailed artworks, yeah. must look or something. And then I got like some magazine articles and things out of that as well. Beautiful. So I was like, I won't delete Twitter now. Yeah. But um, it's plateaued completely since that. Oh, so. but that's not <laughs> I'm like, well, I have some. Yeah, but at least it shows you what it's capable of, doesn't it? Yeah, like there's something there still, but it's definitely more along that kind of articles and going viral yeah. thing that's a little less. Like, it just sort of jumps and starts and disappears again. Because I've never really liked Facebook. Um, I use that as sort of like old school friends and family. Mm. Insta um, Facebook I liked for years. That was very informative and I was on there a little bit addicted possibly. Mm. Um, even while I'm sort of watching Question Time or something, I'll be on there doing stuff. And then I was quite late on going over to Instagram, but I don't sort of go anywhere else now. I was really, really early on Instagram. Was yeah. we, I was doing my masters, and they said you have to have a visual diary, and it has to be like online somewhere. So I was just was like, oh, this is the app I've downloaded a year ago. Maybe I'll just give them the link to my Instagram yeah. page, and that could be my visual diary. So it's just been habit since about two thousand and eleven, which is pretty handy because yeah. Instagram like is one of those things that if you got in there early you had a much better chance of connecting with people that yeah. they've been following. Because it's ideal for the creative, isn't it? Yeah, you just post a picture a day and carry on with your life without engaged I mean, too much. How long did Twitter last? Oh, I know Twitter's still going strong and so is Facebook, but people sort of float away from them, don't they, as soon as another one comes out? So Well, they have different purposes. I think if you're, if you're into like reading articles and keeping up with news... I mean, if the train's not running, I go on Twitter. If yeah. there's a traffic jam, I go on Twitter. Yeah. Twitter knows everything first. It does. It's still very useful for those things. And if you're connected to news and those kind of things, I think Twitter's still mm. useful. But I think maybe on the creative side, definitely, Instagram has a much harder punch. Yeah, definitely. And what is your name on social media? So people can come and find you. It's Libby Kemp. L-I-V-V-Y-K-E-M-P. Yeah. Excellent. Livy, that's all my questions. Thank you very much for your time. No worries. Thank you. There we go, Olivia Kemp. And as I said at the introduction of this podcast, if you don't know Olivia's work, Google her. It is absolutely astonishing. Her concentration levels are off the scale. Her work she'd done with Charming Baker was called Airborne. Go over to either my social media, Mizogart, or Jealousy's website to have a look at the work, see if it's still available, put yourself a bid if you're able. So thank you, Livy, for the time you gave me and the insight into your work. And I must say, just seeing it on a computer screen does it no justice whatsoever. Up close, it's out of this world. Face Value 3 is on at Jealous East up until the 28th of April. Please, if you're passing, pop in and show a little bit of support. If you're unable to purchase an artwork, there is a collection box there. As I said earlier, every penny counts. And it is oh so appreciated. Thank you for listening to the Mizogart podcast with me, Gary Mansfield. If you want to see what's going on on a day-to-day -day basis, go to any of my social media pages, which is Mizogart, M-I-Z-O-G-A-R-T. And on whichever platform you listen to this podcast, there should be the ability there to subscribe and leave a comment.
And if you'd like to see the lineup of future artists appearing on the podcast, please go over to mizogart.com, M-I-Z-O-G-A-R-T.com. So until next week, ta-da. Step onto the legendary clay courts of Roland Garros, where the world's best players battle it out at the French Open for a chance to win a Grand Slam title. Tennis Channel Plus is your place to watch. Stream every court from your phone or smart TV live in HD. See the action unfold as legends fight for glory and new rivalries emerge. Daily live coverage begins Monday, May 20th, with match replays on demand so you never miss a moment. From the first serve to the final point, Roland Garros promises unforgettable moments and new chapters in tennis history. Stream now with Tennis Channel Plus to be there when it happens. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Hi, this is Paige from Giggly Squad, and I want to talk to you about Splash Refresher and my water intake. Okay, so you guys obviously know that I am a hydrated girly, but sometimes when you drink that much water, it starts to just taste bland, and you're just like, I need something to spice it up. That's why I love Splash Refresher. It has zero sugar, zero calories, and it's a splash of sweetness. And they come in five different flavors. They're so good. Wild berry, acai grape, pineapple mango, lemon, and mandarin orange. My favorite is the wild berry because I just I just love a berry. So if you're like me and you're drinking water all day, then try Splash Refresher. It's going to absolutely change your water game and it's good for you.